Welcome back to House of Bravo, your weekly Bravo recap with a cosmic twist. I'm Emma, an astrocartographer and human design reader. And I'm Tasha, an intuitive astrologer, also known as the agent of Pluto. Dude, so much this week. I'm giddy. Like, I'm literally giddy. I've been giggling all week, just like waiting for this conversation. And there's so much to discuss. I think this is the most excited I've ever like gotten or yeah this excitement is contagious right now I'm like so into it um yeah Venus and Libra hit this week and there was so much content I can't keep up um but that's why I'm thankful for this outlet so you know we can kind of run through this but what were your highlights we got to start with BravoCon obviously because that was sort of the I guess the granddaddy of it all this weekend any did you happen to catch any panels i know like they're on peacock we didn't go by the way i'm sad emma less so (laughs) yeah you know last year when you were there and i wasn't i knew that it wasn't something i'd want but i still had like a little bit of fomo and also you just don't know what you don't know right but this year i was Mm. really excited that the panels were gonna be watchable so i did watch the bravo besties and maybe it just wasn't the right panel but it just confirmed that I don't need to go to BravoCon. Um, mm. the panels. I just, it's just kind of bullshit, and um, mm. yeah, that's my yeah. on it. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. I mean, obviously, this year the Vanderpump panel was like kind of a big deal. Um, and the Summer House one was really interesting because that was the first time Carl and Lindsay are apparently, you know hanging out in the same vicinity or like in this capacity um which which is kind of interesting which is kind of interesting and obviously she came out with the podcast this week with nick i did you happen to catch the pod i haven't but i've read summaries i did and i think it's probably a mix of the fact that she is such an authentic person um mm. seemingly of course we never know but like seemingly Lindsay is very authentic well I was gonna say really to that note on authenticity you know she is a Leo and like this is the thing with Leos it's very hard to be a Leo in some sense because you people will always know when you're like putting on a show or when you're like speaking from the heart there's like that authenticity element is really what you know connects you with your audience and I actually feel like a lot of people are identified or like I don't know they seem to really like this interview they seem to really like what she has to say on the other side of that Leo though Leos are Mm -hmm. actors and Mm -hmm. very good at selling something right so Mm -hmm. it's plus we have to remember she's in PR but Mm -hmm. that said I think she just like was so eloquent handled herself so well the she just seemed so calm and like resigned in a good way not a bad way with the situation Mm -hmm. and her delivery was just like she seems like a happier Lindsay than I've ever heard before and I'm actually really excited to see what comes next for her Mm -hmm. so yeah I I really enjoyed the interview yeah it's um it's interesting right because Lindsay obviously the pod dropped early this week right when around the time Venus moved into Libra um Venus in its sign of rulership and of course Lindsay happens to also be a Venus and Libra native so this is a Venus return for Lindsay and I think you really see that north node Aries influence come through where it's like let me be courageous and open and talk about you know stuff in the relationship that maybe would have been censored or I would have kept for privacy or per- keeping this illusion um and what's actually also interesting is she has Pisces in her 12th house and you know recently Saturn stationed direct and so I do wonder to your point you know she sounds very eloquent she sounds like she's really learned from lessons and is ready to move forward and live her best life and just happiest she's ever been I think of Saturn and I think of Pisces, like there is that potential also 
when Saturn stationed direct, there was maybe clarity, especially in her mental health house. She's a little more sure of the lessons she learned from the past narrative. Um, so I think there's like really beautiful energy activating Lindsay's chart right now after what was, you know, a difficult summer with Venus retrograde on her Leo sun. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, I, it is interesting because she's having her nodal return transiting Chiron right now is going through her first house in Aries. There's just so much symbolism of breaking free of something that maybe she thought she wanted. She even said this on the podcast. Like it seemed like this fairy tale relationship who doesn't want to fall in love with their best friend of eight years when, you know, they had tried it before, et cetera, et cetera. So, so many things are just kind of hitting right now. And she also natively has that Venus in Libra on her descendant but it's seemingly following mm -hmm. her sixth house so but also with the descendant in libra like there can be this tendency to maybe have this lack of boundaries with yourself and your partner and with like her ascendant and descendant being on this aries libra axis it's going to be kind of this constant journey for her to figure out how much of me do I assert versus how do I be a supportive partner and I think we saw that with her giving up alcohol to support Carl and being on that journey with him and then she wanted to go back to what was truthful to her which was drinking when she wants to um mm -hmm. yeah so I think I think that it's it makes sense based on what we're seeing and as I said I'm excited to see where Lindsay goes from here because she just seems freer and more sure mm -hmm. of self and what she wants yeah I mean the one thing I did catch from reading the summaries thank you bravo content creators like y'all are doing god's work so that I don't have to listen to more content um but you know her Mars is in Capricorn I think I read something about you know asking about uh Carl's future vision and his providing and career Mars like that's super important to Lindsay, you know, and living this larger than like once Lindsay wants to turn her dreams into reality, like that Mars Neptune, like I dream it as big as I can and I want to build it and I want to know how you can do that for me too or for yourself more importantly. And for that to be in her 10th house, you know, tied to your sense of purpose and mission like that, so important to Lindsay. So it was really, really interesting to see her through her own words. I love when I hear um placements come up through quotes like it just nails the energy so spot on love that foreshadowing oh yeah right um <laughs> what I think I actually really love too is you know today we have the moons in Libra that we're recording this on Thursday um and you have Venus and the moon kissing earlier today and it kind of is beginning this new cycle you know this almost like new relationship cycle this sort of new self-love cycle so it's a and it's on Lindsay's natal Venus so in her seventh house so I do wonder what's like on the horizon um I really do kind of feel like it's one of those this just ended and I thought this was the best thing that could happen to all of a sudden I literally just met the person I was supposed to meet this whole time type of energy so I'm like rooting um yeah I'm rooting <laughs> I agree with you. And something I thought was interesting that she said, I mean, there was a lot of interesting things, um, but she was saying that she was Carl's first real relation, adult relationship. Yes. And yes. I think like there are no, you know, uh, uh, that's a red flag. I think when you're at that age, not to say that it's like always going to be a bad thing, but when you haven't mm. had a real committed, serious adult relationship, although now that I've said that, I don't know. It's like, what is a real adult relationship? Right. Um, Hmm. Yeah. I'm like I don't know yeah. about that no I don't know about that no no I mean I think it's I mean I love this conversation because Venus is in Libra so of course we're talking about relationships and it's on uh, top of mind but I, I yeah it is it is very interesting I mean with Carl you know he had his couple of bad years right battling alcoholism and his brother and his you know through that grieving process that's not really going to put you in the best time to date and that would naturally I feel like be the time maybe you get into a serious relationship right so I feel like not to give anyone excuses but also like it's so tough because then 
how will these people ever meet other people if like people consider this a red flag you know what I mean like you got to give them a shot and they also have the key thing is they have to be really responsible for their healing journey and the work they're doing on themselves and they have to be like open and honest about it and it is very interesting that you know through their therapy through their couples therapy which also leaking like noting that Kyle and Amanda is going to therapy too. Very, I mean, Lindsay still has her Scorpio moon, so. <laughs> but if you listen to it, the way that it came out, it was very much just like, because the guy who was interviewing her was like, oh, Nick, yeah. and you were like throwing it in your face that you were in couples therapy as a bad thing. But like me and my fiance have been in couples therapy and we see it as like going to the gym and working out to build a muscle and blah, blah, blah. And Lindsay was like, yeah, I mean, it's not cool that, you know kyle shaming me you know especially considering like but and like it sounds Mm. like a thing but she was just saying like they're also there so how could he be saying that as a negative to me when you yourself are in that position are you saying that you're having trouble if you guys go to couples therapy so yeah yeah but also like you you to go back to what you said before he was going through all those hard things what she was saying about that in the interview was like they were trauma bonded and I think that really Mm. is kind of where the red flag is not so much the adult Mm. relationship but to have your bond be so tied to such a big negative thing in your life kind of and I've seen this in other people's relationships around me like it always is going to pull you back to that place that person Mm -hmm, get mm -hmm. you through something and we're all in each other's lives for a a reason and a purpose but I mean that there's that quote for a reason there's a a time a reason and a season right like we're not all meant to be there forever and sometimes that person is there to help you get through something and then to both of you kind of to go your separate ways and she was saying it wasn't just his traumas she had her own traumas that she was dealing with with the the miscarriage Mm -hmm. and not even knowing or trying to be pregnant and he helped her through that so like they were both there for each other um Mm -hmm. but yeah I mean the whole betrayal of it all is the fact that he didn't bring this up in couples therapy or a space where it was safe to talk about it He called the producers, hid in their guest bedroom the night before and wouldn't talk to her. And then the Mm -hmm. next morning, the cameras arrive and it and he he does it. So it's like, yeah, (laughs) yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. No problem. Yeah, I I hear you. I hear you. And, you know, everything that you said, like everything you've highlighted, the trauma bonding, the miscarriage. Lindsay happens to have her Scorpio moon and Pluto and Scorpio in her eighth house. It's a house of death. It's a house of intimate relationships. It is a literally, if, if I do see the placement configuration here, I would think, yeah, some form of trauma bonding because it's like this level of openness and honesty. You are with this person around your traumas, right? And you are, and Scorpios are so loyal and bonded in that way. And, um, energetically you know it's also squaring her son um her son in her fifth house of children her son in her fifth house of ego it's healthy it's not healthy but it's um it's your house of joy and so again you see more of this symbolism come through but what's interesting about you know having like placements in your fifth house it oftentimes indicates that there are ultimately um a lot of unfinished business with a lot of maybe you know, to your point, shorter term affairs that don't have any bearing in the long haul, like karmically, you need to address this. And, um, and it's not to say like, this is a, these are all the types of relationships that she's going to have for the rest of her life. She's not going to be in a serious relationship. It's more that there are certain things that she's going to definitely have to work through with people. And she has to be okay with the idea of letting go of the idea of the soulmate, because not everyone's here to for her as her soulmate just temporary just echoing um what you were saying with her astrology and the chart i think it's quite striking yeah i also think where's her progressed moon um i don't necessarily i don't know because we don't have her time so yeah i just know that she's her rising sign um is an aries yeah but in theory well it could be an aries it could be an aries it could be a pisces right now which could 
her progression could be, I mean, like I said, it really depends on the time of her moon, but it quite, yeah, it could be Pisces, it could be Aries, and it kind of is quite symbolic, I think, too, in of itself. The idea of a chapter ending and a new beginning is what mm-hmm. you would really see with the progress moon moving from Pisces to Aries. So, yeah, I mean, again, we don't know her time, but um, pretty cool, sort of high level, like back of the envelope stuff. Yeah, I see her with someone older and more established. Like, Lindsay needs a man. She wants a man. She wants a partner and someone that's going to be able to take care of her because she's a strong fucking woman. And at the end of the day, like, you want a partner that you can, like, not have to be that person around when that's who you are with everyone else. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I mean, again, you know, Mars and Cap, like, exactly. turned on by older men. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And even Saturn and Sagittarius, like, being able to connect on, like, this kind of higher level, a more connected level, like, not just kind of Bravo bullshit, really. Yeah. Bravo bullshit. (laughs) I mean, not only Saturn and Sag, Uranus and Sag, too. Like, she's looking for someone autonomous, potentially, someone that, like, has their shit, literally someone that has their shit figured out, as how she's described it, too, right? Exactly, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Speaking of relationships, Mm -hmm. I would just like to say to all of those out there, because as astrologers, Tasha and I, one of the first questions we get asked is, when am I going to meet somebody? Like, when am I going to find love? And I'm not going to say you're going to find love, but I would say that the astro weather right now is perfect cuffing season weather you know like there's a reason that this time of year is called cuffing season we have the sun mars mercury scorpio very sexual energy like very it seems like it's going quick fast like fun and venus just moved into libra um so Mm. i just feel like the energy is ripe for a nice little fun affair if you put yourself out there yeah. And you know what? Mercury just moved into sad today as well. So there's maybe some optimism. So shoot your shot. Um, and we do have a new moon in Scorpio coming up on Monday, which is the first new moon in Scorpio since this whole eclipse situation. Yeah. And even this past eclipse season. So this is a really big one to manifest with. And, you know, themes with Scorpio, intimacy, merging, finances other people's resources like like patterns of behavior emotional vulnerability like all these different things but more above all it's transformation and so you know for everyone where there is Taurus and Scorpio where that axis is in your chart you probably experience the most sort of transformation you know like unearthing the dark kind of moving on kind of maybe coming at a more grounded place um so yeah definitely this is a clean slate a really lovely one to set intentions with um honest true honest intentions yeah we also saw i mean um going back to like venus moving into libra so Mm. many things happened so oh my god (laughs) like it literally of course when venus moved into libra sag signed that deal and the writer like the actor strike was over and venus is you know relationships libra is performer negotiation diplomacy and yeah like it's i love astrology sometimes i'm not sometimes always but when it hits it's just like oh well there we go yeah yeah venus is also like your values and your self-worth and everything so it's just Mm -hmm. so fitting and money and money, exactly. We also, the Met Gala announced its theme for May. So also a very like Venus in Libra, very fashion placement, fashion forward placement. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Maybe Sleeping Beauties reawakening fashion, whatever the fuck that means. I just saw the headline. I didn't click through. <laughs> reawakening fashion. I mean, I like the idea of that, especially with the South Node, you know, in, in, um, in libra like it is sort of let's peel away what we've Mm. always understood about fashion and re like pioneer something new and you know it's almost like fire that's burning like a kindle fire that's gonna light the spark so i can totally see that thank you thank you um hopefully it's like (laughs) 
Well, I was going to say, how do you feel about the pantless look that Paige, Aaron, like, I don't know if you saw pictures, but they literally opted to just wear underwear instead of pants as their main suit item. And people had mixed feelings about it. It looks like a diaper to me. I'm not going to lie. Was that for both of them or for one of them in particular? Like, I mean, Aaron's in particular, but Paige's pink glittery. mm, I'm not for me. Not for me. Okay. No on the diaper look for <laughs> What Emma. are your thoughts um, on that? I liked what Sierra wore. I feel like Sierra got left out of this conversation, but she wore this on the Summer House panel where it was like this maybe more oversized top that covered the underwear. But like, I like that look. That look was chic. Um, I feel indifferent about these. I feel like maybe if I felt better about my legs, I would like to maybe try something like that. But Again, it's also cold, like, you know, this is not, it's like, it's pretty cold out there in New York right now. I guess you can get away with They're it in Vegas. Vegas. And... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but only only in Vegas, I guess, can you get away with this. Only in Vegas, for sure. Both Sierra mm-hmm. and Paige, to me, look like they're going to a pool party. And they just threw on a cover-up on top of their bikini bottoms. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But Aaron's, yeah, Aaron's is giving me diaper. Aaron's <laughs> is giving diaper. Classic. Um, okay. Well, no, there was no. You know, speaking of Aaron, there was no new. There was no new Roni this week. Obviously, we had the season finale last, but we did have a slew of sick content. Honestly, like this week was ten out of ten. Yeah. Yes, and I need to start with the premiere of Potomac. Yes. Um, the first five minutes I was glued to my screen which never happens um I'm usually multitasking or like looking other places I was glued to the screen then it's then it kind of started to fall apart with Robin and Juan but just the whole episode was so good I am actually excited about this season and I don't know that I've ever said that about Potomac um Mm. so i'm i'm hopeful that yeah (laughs) they needed a good season they need or i should say they need a good season last season was tough um i agree i and we're not necessarily going to talk about we've talked about the robin and juan thing when this dropped um and i'm sure as the season goes on we'll continue to see more of the storyline uh and we'll dive deeper then but I was actually really shocked to find Jason. Like, here's the thing. Okay. I know you and I were at Giselle's birthday reading her. And, you know, it's not like we had a sense of who guests were going to be, things like that. But when I saw Jason, and when Jason got a reading with us, I was like, what the F is happening here? I was like, is this a friend? Like, what is it? Right? And Everyone was like being really respectful. Like it, it was very friendly, but not overtly friendly. So you know, like I, I, people were like, "What was up?" When we posted that picture, I'm like, I honestly really don't know. Like I, I know what's happening with them in their charts, but I don't necessarily know if it's with each other or you know what I mean. Like it's hard to tell. So, oh my god, I, yeah, I, I didn't really think about it at the time. Because I don't really care, to be honest. You know, like adults can do what they want to do. Like, I'm not someone who cares who's getting with whom. Um, Very fair. I just pulled up their charts and it makes so much sense. Oh my God. Like, not that this is not to say that I think that this is going to be anything even serious, but it's like they're the same person. And I, it's basically yeah. like they're sleeping with each other. Their Venuses are conjunct in Scorpio with Jupiter and pluto there so like lots of intensity then their suns and mercuries are conjunct in virgo um it's yeah it's a lot of really activating um sinistry here and the thing is like you know when you have two suns together there is a sense of um solarization you know where it's like you are 
allowing that person you're pumping this person's ego up and they kind of do that for each other and I think you can totally see it like I really like this side of Giselle like they're very playful with each other which I think is also a very sun sun type of sinistry it's very Leo-esque right like there's joy and there's fun and we're gonna do these cute things and it's not so serious um even though they're both in Virgo and it's cute because you know, this episode, you see him like making sushi and he seems to be the one that's cooking a lot and Virgo is acts of service. Um, so yeah, I, I like that sinistry. Yeah, I don't know. I thought that like their flirtation felt awkward to me. Um, mm. But I am glad that her pipes are being tended to. And I think like because of that, we'll see maybe a f- more playful Giselle. Because I mean, like... Mm-hmm. It, it just is what it is we're human <laughs> yeah. yeah 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 I I totally agree um obviously you know we had Ashley's storyline as well um with her Michael divorce or not divorce, not divorce. at this yeah. point <laughs> not divorce um you know here's the thing Ashley has her moon in her eighth house divorce like when she said, you know, this was sort of like a really big, like emotional process, like you have your moon in the eighth, it's your comfort is in bonding is in that deep committed type of relationship or emotionally bonded relationship, energetically bonded relationship. And so breaking out of it involves a lot of courage. And with Aries energy, it's always going to be about that struggle, that fine line between facing your fears, you know, um, and the moon doesn't necessarily want to face its fears. It wants to be chilling. It wants to be comfortable. It wants to go on an adventure, um, but not have that adventure maybe end. Yeah. Um, her moon's also trining her Chiron, isn't it? Um, where is her Chiron? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's like, so it's like... Oh, out of sign, out of sign, but early moon and late Chiron, yeah. Yeah, and to, it just, like, shows again, like, Chiron and Gemini are wound around, well, sometimes speech, sometimes communication, but it could also be, like, things, like, child, being a child and, like, uh, mm-hmm. training her uh, moon in Aries, it could, it, to me, speaks to that fear of being on your own and financially providing for yourself um Mm -hmm. even though she's like totally capable of doing so and has like she has everything she needs but it's kind of just that fear of stepping into that kind of like who you're meant to be kind of energy Mm -hmm. in a way yeah yeah Yeah. Saturn's at zero degrees Capricorn but it's retrograde so it's like this kind of hesitation to step into that boss bitch energy maybe Mm. well you know jupiter is going to be in gemini next year Mm -hmm. and going to be lighting up all her gemini placements her stellium her sun mercury venus chiron a lot of fortune i feel like next year is going to be a moment like she really steps into this power um you know recently that's in her 10th house all those placements mm -hmm. in Gemini so yeah I could yeah for her big come out on the stage moment for her um it it was interesting like recently um she I think got like a certification or from spiritual certification um and that was where the eclipse was happening for her the lunar eclipse in Taurus in her ninth house of faith spiritual belief so i do feel like she is you know coming to trust herself more doing the work on herself and all of these things tend to yield that outcome you would desire you're attracting the things the opportunities that are right for you you have the discernment to say no because you have a strong you know sense of being in touch with your own voice so i'm excited to see where ashley's gonna go i mean it's going to be interesting this season, of course, because she's still in this in-between, between, you know, getting out of this divorce. Um, but I'm excited to see what the future has for Ashley. I'm very, very, um, yeah, hopeful. Mm. Yeah, totally. Hopeful. Mercury clearly moved into SAG. Like, everything, I'm like, hopeful, optimistic, optimistic, like, let's go. 
Yeah, well, now that you're saying all those good things about Jupiter transiting into Gemini, even though technically it is its detriment, I'm also like, oh, great. Like, I've got all those placements basically. <laughs> so, like, bring it on, bitch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's going to be great. It's going to be great. It's going to be great. Um, And I hope that means amazing things for this pod, too, lol, because, you know, that's your sixth house. Um, So, anywho, moving on from Potomac. um. From someone who's getting laid to someone who's clearly not getting laid. I oh my god! To talk about Sutton. <laughs> oh my god! I mean, we have to talk about Hurricane Sutton. I mean, the montage of how Kyle was, you know, when they were like, "It's not about the pants," and then the producer so shady going back, like highlighting all the Molins about the pants. Like, dear God, and like it was. It was amazing to watch, honestly. Like A plus housewife material. It, it, uh, yeah, chef's kiss. I love Beverly Hills this season. It's so fucking good. Uh, this week in general with content's going to be hard to beat. Um, yeah. Well, Venus yeah. and Libra still for the rest of the month. So yeah. Venus moves out of Libra December fourth. So we've got like some time to play with here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So okay, what what were your thoughts on? Sutton's reaction oh my gosh okay because now we know her chart especially I was just like this is so Sun Pluto Virgo right now where well first of all Virgo is so much about shame um not so much of it but a big part of Virgo the dark side of Virgo is navigating shame navigating the confidence even it's always like not really here to take the spotlight so the moment it does want to actively put itself out in the spotlight and when the expectation does not actually meet the reality it then becomes this whole like what the fuck had just happened like and then again the the shame creeps in and then she again has her pluto on her son and you're your own worst enemy with that um and it was interesting because then, you know, as she left, right, it wasn't about her getting rejected. No, it was, this was beneath me. I'm the board of the American Ballet Foundation, also very sun Pluto. Pluto is also power. And what, you know, this is sometimes, okay, I'm just going to say it. This is why sometimes some crappy people are in power because like it is, people seek power to compensate for the lack of power within because, naturally empowered people don't actively go seek are not power hungry like that there is something you're chasing that you're not dealing with um wow that was a download but in any case right like you see this with her and with Sutton Jupiter and Venus in Scorpio in her in that 12th house yeah I was just gonna I was just gonna bring that up she wanted to be on that stage (laughs) (laughs) But I also think Kyle was right about, yeah, like she was maybe feeling it and like was then felt rejected when it wasn't feeling her. Whereas if she had just kept her butt in that seat, they would have pulled her up later like they did to Kyle, most likely. Yeah. It wasn't over. There was still opportunity. So yeah, I wish she hadn't reacted that way. Because even if that wasn't the case and she didn't get brought up to still to like see her squirm through that would have just been, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But it was so interesting. I really loved Erica and Mm -hmm. Crystal in this Mm -hmm. episode. And actually, like, I've really like Crystal seems so much more relaxed and comfortable in her yeah. in this group in front of the cameras like whatever it is all of the above um i'm excited to see crystal this season and i actually think her and erica because crystal has a aquarius sun and erica has a bunch of aquarius placements like her I moon think, i think yeah yeah her moon and i think there's her north node something yeah um i just feel like that could be a fun re- like unexpected relationship Oh yeah, yeah. Mars as well. The Mars North Node. Mm. So yeah, I feel like that could be a fun, unexpected friendship. Yeah. I feel kind of badly for Crystal because the season started and the one real storyline that we've seen from her was about her brother. And of course him bringing up the 
unconventional age marriage, quote unquote, so to speak. Um, And it was like such an Aquarian thing. I think like, of course, that is the storyline that comes up, like unconventionality, right? And then now here at her birthday in Vegas, like it's not even about her. It's about Sutton. It's about literally everyone but her. And I feel like it's like a very Aquarian thing too, where it's you're not always in the center of it, but you're as part of this ensemble but it's never going to be fully about you like that. It just, I don't know, but Crystal's having a very Aquarian season thus far. And I think it's very funny. Um, but I do like, I agree. I think she is more comfortable. I like her as like, a, it is a very neutral, it's almost like a palate cleanser on the show. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, and I, and you need that levity sometimes. You need that sort of neutrality. Like, yeah, Crystal, teach me how to make a cocktail. Like, teach me how to make something really good in the kitchen. Like, right. Yes. She's not boring and she's not annoying. So it's like, she's a, pl- like you said, palate cleanse, very just pleasant. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> um, someone, okay. Someone that left a bad taste in my mouth though, was Dorit at the end of the episode. Ugh. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. This is our response. Ugh. Uh, I, it's just cause, like, shut the fuck up, Dorit. Ugh. This isn't about you. And how could you like, the way that Garcelle was, as usual, just like so clearly expressing herself and vulnerable to put herself out there and say, guys, you know what? Like, I, I, I wasn't authentic last night and I feel like I need to be. Uh, and this is what I'm feeling. And then for Dorit to, yes, make it about her. Mm. Yeah. And... And then for Garcelle to be like, how could you not just understand that this is my feelings? Like, Dorit expects everyone to understand her. So, mm-hmm. yeah, bad taste, bad taste. Yeah, I think this is like a... So Dorit, as we said before, has all these cancer placements. And here's the thing. Sometimes the reputation for cancer can be like the best listeners. They're like my mom. They like really take me in. But the other side of cancer is when your emotional vulnerability when you don't feel safe in your relationship it then becomes this like panic mode where like well am I doing something or oh no now you've just like offended me like there's like a weird dynamic that then stems from it right and it she also has her Saturn in Leo where it's like not responding in these situations comes from a place of self-recognition if I'm recognizing that I did not do anything at fault and I'm not panicking and you know like I I'm not, I understand this is not about me, but when you have sort of that Saturn, maybe not, um, not really flexing the way it should, it's kind of, uh, misbehaving a little bit. And then on top of that, with all her cancer placements, like it can get quite emotionally narcissistic. I, yeah, I agree. She also has Mars in Virgo so like wanting to be in control and kind of like involved and like how could you feel that way about me like that's not how I want to be perceived so how are you feeling that way about me um specifically I'm saying this because it's uh opposing her moon so with her moon opposing that Mars it's just like pulling her feelings more into it than they should be and it's Mm -hmm. like Dorit, you can have these feelings, but you, this is, this, they can't overshadow what Garcelle's saying right now. Like, that's, fuck you, basically. Yeah, no, absolutely. And that sixth house, that Pisces moon's in her sixth house. She's a Libra rising, she's Pisces moon in her sixth. Sixth house is so much about flaws, you know, and this taking this assumption that this is a backhanded thing, this is a backhanded criticism on her ability to mother it's a really deep flaw that she's kind of internalizing like is this being processed back to me but it's not and here's the thing it can be a good question for her to ask herself that i.e like oh like maybe what about you know establishing a safe what about this is not about me how can i emotionally detach like maybe there are some good lessons here but in this case it's like hypersensitizing a certain flaw and i've you know with her moon in Pisces that's like answering to her Jupiter um in Taurus you know like standards like do these are these like standards are these like again it's safety and relationships too 
Okay, safety in relationships makes me think about Monica and her mom. Oh my god. Chaotic. Literally chaotic. Um, but nothing more chaotic than the sound bath. Oh. <laughs> oh my god. Also that cut with why isn't Meredith here and her being like, you need to leave. That was oh, just the chef's kiss. Such good content this week so fucking good i mean i am again very sad that monica we don't know her birthday except the fact that she's a taurus so like you know i wish you could comment more about this i do have my suspicions that she could be a moon a gemini moon just because of the way she described her perception of her mother dr jackal mr hyde and like one of the you know she can just flip the switch all of a sudden and i feel like that sounds very Gemini-like to me. I could be wrong, of course, but this is just sort of the initial read I'm getting. Um, I mean, do you have any, like, comments on Lisa v. Monica? That was so funny. Yeah, no, that was really funny, and I thought that their reactions sitting in Whitney's backyard were so emblematic of their signs. I mean, for Whitney, like, her big three... Libra, Sun, Gemini, Moon, speaking of Gemini moons, her Chiron's also in Gemini, mm-hmm. and Leo rising. And here she is. She's like, Gemini, Moon, and Chiron, like, okay, like Monica's the child in this situation. So, like, taking Monica's side here, the Libra rising, kind of trying to be more diplomatic about it. Like, you don't know the whole story. We don't really know. Um, this is what she's saying. Air signs, both of them, like, going off of like, what they've heard the conversation and then lisa on the other hand sagittarius sun capricorn moon we don't know her rising but she has chiron and aries so it's just like so the opposite where it's like gemini is kind of just like more surface level sagittarius on the other hand is like putting it together loose is like this is what we've seen forget what she's saying like she's proven to us in other situations xyz and with the capricorn it's just like more again on the parent side capricorn representing the father so i just like thought that this was very interesting Mm. yeah i mean with lisa it's funny right because she does have her mars neptune um and then she also conjunct in sag and she also has mercury conjunct her son potentially you know like it is very saggy very my truth and I this is how the world I see it and it's Mm -hmm. probably gonna maybe look different from your narrative but I'm cool with it um so it's (laughs) it's Lisa's way of it's Lisa's world and we're all just living in it um and I don't necessarily think that she's wrong I think that Monica needs to understand too like I don't know this this is a tough situation and it always like breaks my heart when you see kids involved like when even you know her daughters are commenting on the situation like I know next next week week looks very painful yeah yeah so Monica if you ever listen please give us your birthday because I would just really love to understand you better yeah yeah Uh, like on another um like salt lake thread heather's reaction Mm. to what lisa's son is going through first of all i like really like the place that they've gotten to i loved that conversation they had this week i thought that that was really just like nice to the point like they both expressed themselves and they were able to move forward um yeah i agree has chiron and aries she is breaking out from the mold of Mormon and doing her own thing and kind of like on this more independent path. But then there's the wound around that as well. And she also has her Black Moon Lilith in Aquarius. And Black Moon Lilith can represent like rage and um, like conforming where you're going against the norm where um you're rebelling in a lot of ways uh against the man so to speak and so with heather's lilith in aquarius we've talked about aquarian themes before of like wanting to be a part of community but always feeling like you're outside of that community so like that's why this hits heather so hard because with her lilith there it's like this 
she naturally rebelled against this institution and this community that was her entire life. Like this was her destiny. This was her, this is who she is in the path that she's on. But that doesn't mean again, that it doesn't hurt and that you don't yearn to still be a part of this. So to see Lisa be able to have her own version of Mormonism that she is allowed to, it's not like Heather can go to her church. She's been excommunicated from the church so it's like she'll never be able to get back into this thing that was her whole life her family her everything um her ideology so yeah i just thought like i that just made so much it made it all clear i like like that i'm thankful you brought it up because i really agree like i do like the conversation that happened and i think that this was needed because at first i didn't quite fully um, I didn't quite fully get um, why Heather would take such offense to it because yeah I like made this decision to do my thing and she's trying to be respectful and I can see that um, but where it's becoming Lisa's own brand of Mormonism as that being the main issue versus you know what Heather had to go through that to me makes a lot of sense and the idea of lisa having her own version of mormonism with that neptune um mars and sag mercury sun all in sag like it makes a lot of sense that lisa would have her brand of mormonism and i don't know mormonism very well so i can't comment um on it necessarily but based on what the show is telling me i can see that play out in her placements like that mm-hmm Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah um man i i think this is why i really do appreciate salt lake city because there is an element of cultural understanding that i wouldn't have necessarily been able to get watching other franchises um so kudos you know again very mercury and sag thing like oh yes i love the learning i'm getting from the episode so this energy is rampant. <laughs> okay, so I think that about sums it up for Salt Lake. Uh, moving on to Miami, another great, great, great episode. And it's still not even fully revved up yet, so. Yeah. No, agree. Agree. Um, what were your thoughts? What did, what did you think about this? So I... Well, actually, I found it very interesting um that jody lives in adriana's old house like that threw me for a loop um but aside from that like small note i found it fascinating <laughs> that uh, i appreciate the divide that the show is like embracing in some way like you know gertie when she had her breast cancer diagnosis or when she was telling folks it was with nicole um adriana and julia and then you have gay brunch happening on the other side like it's such a to me this is also another venus and libra thing where it's two opposite mm -hmm. sides two groups of women holding the show and keeping the show in balance like i think i think that's what i really appreciate about this franchise um yeah i think i mean that was really heartbreaking to see gertie obviously this episode um and you know gertie's she's very capricorn like to see a cap kind of break down is mm. you know shit's really bad right um because they're never gonna let you see them cry and I really appreciated that moment and I love how the women you know they're just immediately rallying um of course the Larsa conversation's a little testy and Larsa doesn't know what's happening yet. Um, oh my god. I just the way that she's treating Garrity, even like even if Garrity wasn't going through this, it's still just like, what are you doing? Larsa is wild. And like we don't know her. I wish we knew her time also, but we know she has an Aquarius moon, I believe. And we talked about this on the show last season, but damn that Aquarius moon is so deadly for Larsa she's so like detached she's just like will shoot shoot straight and just like 
there's no emotional connection to it. It's amazing. And she is actually a cancer sun with Mercury retrograde in cancer. So she's got her own way of processing her emotions, her own way of feeling things. And she's also got Saturn there, Saturn in cancer. So like she doesn't necessarily know how to draw those emotional boundaries appropriately, I feel like. Or maybe she is. And maybe this is the way you should be. But I don't know. It's um, It's very cold. Yeah, that moon in Aquarius opposing Mars and Leo is. They're not to let anyone say anything in an argument. It's just like, yeah. I have the stage. <laughs> you will listen. I will speak. Yeah. I think it's also interesting that, you know, obviously we're seeing more of Marcus this season. And I actually kind of like Marcus's vibe. I like the two together. And, you know, it's so funny because she's so cancer. We talked a lot about cancer energy this episode, but you know, that attachment that she shares with Marcus, like it is very, I think, you know, it is very cancering. You're kind of like attached at the hip a little bit. And Marcus, not to be outdone, has got hella cap placement. So this idea of opposites attract, it's so intense, this connection. Um, and like Cancers and Capricorns kind of operate very similarly. Like they balance each other out. They're supposed to be in the middle, but it's about creating a safe space and you are my everything type of energy. So, I mean, it's a little annoying, of course, but, you know, for them, it works. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They seem like a, a nice couple. <laughs> well, so what's interesting was when they were showing like, oh, talking about the engagement stuff. I actually was like curious, like, oh, I wonder what's happening in um, Marcus's chart because he does have an A rating. And actually, right now, transits are looking kind of interesting. Um, you know, well, you do have Neptune on his moon, and that's been a thing that's been going on. But Pluto right now is on his nodal axis. His north node in Capricorn, south node in Cancer. It's like a really big, and he has Saturn and Capricorn conjunct, and that is also in a rolling conjunction. So Venus is kind of there too. So Venus and Saturn, long term commitment. Pluto is this sort of transformation, right? Like, and he was saying, like, I never met anyone until I met you. And maybe we all think that's something people say, you know, when you're in relationships, when you're in new relationships. But for him, I actually feel like there is an element of this type of transformation. Um, so it'll be interesting. It'll be very interesting to see. And this new moon in Scorpio is also going to be hitting his natal Pluto um, in his 12th house. So like letting go of intimacy wounds and maybe there's, I don't know, maybe there's like fears around that. Mars and Taurus is a like union on his descendant. So <laughs> Who knows? I think we could see something interesting happening sooner than we think. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Prediction to end on. You know, Venus and Libra. Gotta give a Venus. Gotta give a relationship prediction out. But again, like you know, I don't know Larsa's time, so it's hard to see like transits and progressions, like what's happening for her specifically. Um. But you never know. I like to be optimistic lol mercury and sag one more time but that about wraps up our show this week make sure you subscribe rate review please share us with friends don't keep us all to yourself and also if you're looking for more bravo astrology pop culture content you should definitely follow us along at the cosmic clubhouse on instagram happy new moon